Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people who are helping autistic adults and teens become more successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Like so many people, I spend time on social media each day and a big chunk of that time for me is following and learning from the autistic community. Over the last year or so, one of my favorite social media accounts to follow has that been of Super Spectrum Girl. What I love so much is that Super Spectrum Girl has so eloquently made really important points about being autistic with her fantastic illustrations. Sometimes we need less words than we think to communicate really important thoughts. That's why I'm thrilled to have Super Spectrum Girl join us on today's episode of Autism Stories. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Ina, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> now, I learned about you uh, on Instagram, on your Instagram account, Super Spectrum Girl, and all of the wonderful illustrations that you've created on there. Why, why did you initially decide to share your illustrations on social media? I was diagnosed pretty late, um, at the age of 28 years. And um, at that time, there wasn't a lot of visual art out there, so art I could relate to. I guess there were a couple of books um, talking about what it's like to be on the autism spectrum as a female. And so I was, um, you know, drawing one day and then like out of the nowhere, I created this character like this super heroine conquering the world with her autistic superpowers. And I guess it um, grew from there. That's how Super Spectrum Girl uh, was created. And um, Instagram is a pretty amazing platform. I could, I could have never imagined that it would grow so fast. So um, it was just awesome to see how people started talking to each other and you know, sharing their story with me as well. That's pretty much how it started. <laughs> now, I love anything that's about developing community. And one of your one of your posts on there that is kind of a reoccurring post is something that you call Friends Feature Friday that highlights a different friend each time. Has sharing your illustrations on social media, how has that helped to develop community for you? I guess it's um, it's like every other relationship. It's um, when you put time into something and people see that you are um, showing yourself, you know, very vulnerable. Um, it creates this intimacy, and even though we have never met before, it's really amazing to see how people um, start to trust each other. I guess it's. It can be dangerous sometimes on the internet, but uh, when you when you have good intention, um, like I guess you can form a relationship um, over the internet. And uh, soup and um, Friends Feature Friday 
was something that I wanted to create to give back to the community because I, I was um, I was I had so many benefits from you know the people online that I wanted to you know give something back for the support that they were giving me. And and one of the people that you featured in the Friends Feature Friday was your husband. What did he think of that, of that post? I think he found it pretty funny because, um, yeah, he's the OG friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I I find that really interesting to see how um, how the partner sees you as a as, as someone on the spectrum and and to. I think it's interesting to see how um, how a relationship is uh, for someone who's living with someone on the autism spectrum. I guess that's what what I wanted to say, but I just lost my words. <laughs> <laughs> Developing community for every human is really important, but for for many autistic people, meeting new people can be a very scary experience. And you created an illustration to express this. Is it not knowing the expectations that makes these situations so stressful? Or is it more complicated than that for you? Um, I think it's very individual. There are some people on the spectrum that really enjoy meeting new people. But for me, it has always been very stressful. I, I guess um, it's the whole... Um, it's the whole situation itself. Every time you meet someone new, um, everything is new. And you don't really know how they're going to react to what you say. And you have to read their facial expression, body language. It's, it's, it's a lot of energy from you. And I guess that's one thing that I struggle with a lot. I have to learn with every new person that I meet to to speak their language and to understand what they are trying to say, yeah. And also, um, if it's in a very uncommon place, then as well, you have to adapt to the surroundings and that also takes a lot of energy. It can be very overwhelming when you have to deal with, um, with noise and, you know, um, many other aspects of a, of a new surrounding and also at the same time talk to someone who you never met before. When you first meet someone, there is always the introduction. And in many cases, there can be people who I would say are more natural huggers than I am. And that <laughs> is why your illustration about people wanting to hug you and your hesitation to that made me laugh because it's it's true for me as well. How do you feel? Uh, how do you deal best with, in those situations? You, you don't like to hug people too? <laughs> well, my partner is a, is a hugger, so I've had to naturally kind of, I've gotten more comfortable with the hug, but it's not my first thought <laughs> when meeting someone. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it sounds really terrible when you tell that to people. Um, at least in my, you know, where I live, it's really common to... Um, to hug someone even though you've never met them before and I guess in the US it's a pretty common thing too isn't it 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 depends so you you never are sure about the expectations are you meeting a hugger or someone that just wants a handshake someone that gives a really firm handshake versus a a soft handshake so there's all you know you, you really never know what to expect 
Yeah, I think it's pretty much the same here too. I'm really grateful for this. I mean, it sounds terrible. Um, the whole situation with the pandemic is, is really awful for so many people in the world, but not having to um, share any you know, like uh, physical contact with new people has been so relaxing. I really enjoy that aspect of the whole pandemic. It's really difficult for me to say no to a hug because I don't want to hurt the other person. But I'm learning that, you know, this whole masking is not really benefiting anyone. Mm -hmm. And um, if I'm not being um, completely honest with uh, myself, I'm also not being completely completely honest with the person in front of me. So I'm getting better with saying no to hugs, but it's still very difficult. It's very difficult. Are there any people you feel comfortable hugging? Yeah, sure. I mean, same as you, I, I really enjoy hugging my, my partner, my family members, but there are also times where I have to say no to them because when you're not feeling, you know, yourself and you just really don't want anyone to touch you. I, I think people can understand that, you know, when you're kind of out of um, your own space or it doesn't feel nice to uh, be hugged. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm the only one, but <laughs> you just want to be in your bubble and just leave me alone. I want to deal with my own problems myself. <laughs> When you do meet with someone, whether they're a new person or someone you've known for a long time, having a conversation with them can be tricky. And you created an illustration that really depicts something that I think so many autistic people can relate to, and that is needing more context in conversations. Why is the need for more context so important for you in conversations? I think it's something that makes the whole conversation, gives the whole conversation like a ground and um, something that that is really putting everything into a perspective and a, and, a, and a place. So when there's no context, I'm really struggling. It's like I'm flowing in the universe without having something to grab on. And when there's no context, I have to I have to work a lot more to understand what the conversation is about. So when someone is telling a joke, I mean, it's it's a common joke in my friends group that I'm the last person to get the joke, and usually that's the joke. <laughs> so when someone is trying to tell me a joke, I, I often have to tell them that I'm going to take a lot longer to get it, usually because I'm there is no context or the context is misplaced and that's the joke. So yeah, it's, it's something that um, takes, I guess, a lot more energy to, to understand what um, a conversation is about. If, if you're on the autism spectrum, at least for me, it's not for everyone the same. Does it take more mental energy or spoons away from you? Do you feel when, when there is a lack of context in the conversation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So there are many times where um, my boss is trying to explain something to me and I'm, I'm really struggling to understand what he's talking about because there, the, the conversation comes like in a really random um, time and place. And usually, you know, I don't know how other people 
it's mine's work, but usually people are really fast in, in putting the the conversation, the, the context into the conversation, but just give me a context <laughs> so we can talk. <laughs> A common thing that people do together, or at least they were doing prior to the pandemic, was going to the movies. Uh, and you created an, an illustration about why this can be so overwhelming. What are things that you do or maybe bring with you to make this experience uh, a little bit less overwhelming and hopefully turn it into something that is some fun? <laughs> A whole bunch of things. Um, I I really enjoy going to the movies, but I couldn't survive a movie without any, you know, like um, ear protection, like earplugs or um, ear defenders. And I I always wondered why I found the movies like to be a, such an overwhelming place when I realized that it's just too too loud. There's too many people, it's dark, everything is vibrating. And that's how I learned that I have to um, make it more comfortable for me. So I bring my ear defenders, um, a blanket usually, because it gets usually very cold in the movies. And what else? Something to keep my hands occupied. That really helps a lot. So there's always this... Um, you know, something that I can call myself with, with um, to keep my hands busy. Mm -hmm. And popcorn, of course, is very steamy too. So <laughs> that's, that's something I don't have to bring with me. <laughs> you created um, another really interesting illustration that shows the perfect night for, for your non-autistic friends as compared to you. What, what do you see as some of the main differences? Well, I guess it's it's really um, how do you say that? Um, it's like a stereotype. I, I, a lot of my friends like to go out and party, have a good time, enjoy loud music and um, drink stuff like that. Um, but I myself have always um, been the the girl who really enjoys a good night in with a book or with um, a nice movie, where I'm um, in a comfortable space where I can just, you know, talk to someone, friends or family and, and just enjoy a good time without having to um, deal with a lot of stressful surroundings. But when I was younger, I didn't realize that. I thought that I have to be as my friends. And so I masked a lot and I, there was a time where I thought I was extroverted, which... I can't believe that that was the, you know, my thought process, but I was masking so much that um, I didn't realize that this wasn't me, that it was just me trying to fit in. So you've had so many of your illustrations are, are so creative and, and so thoughtful. So one that really jumped out to me was in regard to, um, it talked, it had uh, four slices of bread, and then there was di different types of jelly or jam on them. And this illustration was about the importance of spreading autism acceptance. So how essential do you see social media being in, in this mission? Social media 
I think it's a wonderful place to educate people, um, especially because there's so many sources out there written by uh, professors, therapists who work with autistic individuals. And I guess that the wonderful thing about social media is that uh, we as an autistic community can speak for ourselves. And um, to spread autism acceptance instead of autism awareness is something that the community is really um, passionate about. And I really enjoy being part of that because it really shows um, so many different perspectives of um, what it's like to be on a spectrum instead of having this stereotype of, you know, what an autistic person looks and acts and feels like. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. But also, like everything else um, in life and our world, there is also this um, overwhelming part of social media where we are very vulnerable when we put ourselves out there. So dealing with criticism can be something that can overwhelm or discourage people. It has discouraged me too to receive, you know, um, not really, really constructive criticism, but um, I wouldn't change it. I, I would always create an account again because it has benefited me more than it has discouraged me. Well, I'm, I'm certainly glad you have um, really appreciated all of your illustrations now and uh, in the future. And I encourage everyone that's listening to check out your, you on Instagram at Super Spectrum Girl. Thank you so much for this interview. I really hope that what I said made sense and <laughs> it can be a bit overwhelming, you know, to talk to someone new and also talking to your audience and make sure that, you know, the, the answers make sense, um, especially not being, you know, a native speaking person. <laughs> well, I think your English might be better than mine. So. <laughs> no, I don't say that. <laughs> so so thanks so much Ida and uh, really enjoyed the conversation thank you Doug thank you for having me thank you everyone for listening and a special thanks to Super Spectrum Girl for the great conversation Autism Personal Coach has seen the positive benefits that people receive when we have created groups to address a person's multiple identities that are often marginalized one of these identities for autistic people that are often marginalized as being black, indigenous, and or a person of color. We hope that you will join us for our first virtual meeting for Autism Personal Coaches Autistic BIPOC Group. This group is for those 16 and older, and it will take place on Friday, July 17th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the link to join a video call is in the podcast description for this episode. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Miriam Sachs about having a non-traditional life. Talk to you then.